As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 16. Episode 43. This is Writing Excuses, world-building masterclass with Fonda Lee. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Dan. I'm Fonda. I'm Mary Robinette. And I'm Howard. And we are incredibly excited to be starting a brand new eight-episode series. We're going to talk about world building, and we have one of, in my opinion, the very best world builders working today. Fonda Lee, can you tell us about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'm Fonda. I write science fiction and fantasy novels. I'm best known for the Greenbone Saga, which begins with Jade City, 
continues with Jade War and concludes with Jade Legacy, which is coming out November 30th. I'm also the author of a few science fiction novels, Zero Boxer, XO, and Crossfire, and a smattering of short fiction. Uh, I live in Portland, Oregon, and I love food and action movies. Cool. Well, thank you for being on the show. We're really excited to have you here. Uh, And you have prepared a class for us about world building. First episode, we're going to talk about what you call the narrative holy trinity, world character and plot. What, what, start us off with that. Yeah, so uh, I love world building. It's one of the topics I always enjoy talking about. And people often ask me about my world building process. How do I actually go about it? How long do I take? What steps? And I often have a difficult time describing the actual process for them, because in my mind, it's really impossible to distinguish the act of world building from that of developing plot and character. And the reason I called this episode The Holy Trinity is because in my mind, the story is like a three-legged stool, or perhaps a three-cylinder engine um, that only functions because the pieces of world character and plot are working together. And, uh, you know, when you ask yourself as an author, well, why do you go through all the effort of world building and creating this entire fictional canvas? On one hand, you could say, well, it's really fun, which is true. A lot of us authors world build because it's really enjoyable. But um, for me, there also has to be a reason why that invented world exists and contributes to making the story uniquely what it is from a narrative perspective. Um, And I I feel like, you know, we often talk about the relationship between plot and character. And what I'd really love to do in this masterclass is dive into the relationship between the world and the other elements of story. Um, As I was thinking about this, I looked at the outline last night. I was reminded of an anecdote that I love to share about College Howard, which has each of these elements in it. Um, I was waking up in the morning and thinking, oh, I'm so happy that today is Friday because I don't have my 7 a.m. class. Um, And I'm so glad that today is, or no, I'm so glad that it's Thursday because I don't have my my 7 a.m. class. And I'm so glad it's Friday because the weekend is beginning. And Howard is lying in bed mulling over these things and suddenly realizes, wait, those can't both be true. And I asked my roommate, hey, David, uh, what day is it? He's like, it's Friday. Oh, good. I'm glad it's Friday. Wait, what time is it? It's 6.45, at which point I leapt out of bed. And the world building detail that I've left out is that the, more, the, the day before, David and I had installed bunk beds and I was on top. And so I pancake onto the floor and David looks at me and says, if this is going to happen every morning, you know, we can trade. The point here, though, is that there's this character who's kind of goofy and there's this plot about you know what he likes and what he doesn't like. And then there's this world-building detail, which arrives a little late, but which sells the whole story. And if you don't have all three of those, it's just another story about me waking up late. <laughs> the, the other... The, 
And there's so many of those, honestly. <laughs> uh, now um, I want an entire series of just Howard's college exploits. Right. But but actually, this is, this is a, a thing that I, I do want to point out for our listeners, because I know that while we tend to focus on science fiction and fantasy, that uh, and people think about world building as being a science fiction and fantasy, you know, hallmark. And it's certainly one of one of the things that drives us. Um, world building is something that you have to do with any kind of fiction, even something that is set contemporary in your real home, because you are still making narrative decisions about every piece of the the, the world that goes on the page. So all of the the things we're going to be talking about. Um, are, are things that you will still be able to find and apply, even if you're writing something that is contemporary. Yeah, I've often said that if, even if you have your story set in a small town uh, or a um, nuclear submarine, the odds that your reader have has actually been to that small town or has been on a nuclear submarine are vanishingly small. And so you have just as much work to convince your reader of that uh, world as you do a fictional world. The only advantage or, or really difference that you have when you're writing um, that as opposed to a specula- speculative fiction story is that um, you have more, you can count on your reader having more real life cues to help them along in building that world in their mind than you necessarily would if you're creating a completely secondary world from scratch. Yeah, I made this mistake yesterday, actually. In the uh, book that I'm writing, I have a scene set in a law office, and I wrote it, and it just didn't feel wrong. It felt hollow and weird, and I realized I had included zero world-building details in it. Uh, there, If someone doesn't already know exactly what a law office looks like or how it works, they would be completely lost trying to read that scene and understand it. So... Yeah, you need to include this, whether it's real or real stuff or stuff you make up. And if you don't get those details right in a real world setting, there are people who will tell you that you got your world building details wrong. Yes. Even if you do get them right, I'll just say, FYI, even if you do get them right, people will still tell you that you're wrong. Uh, (laughs) Yes, but at least you can feel good about yourself. (laughs) I know. So what are some of the tools that we can use, Fonda? Well, oftentimes uh, people have asked... Now, how do you come up with the idea for your story, right? Like every single one of us has had that question put mm-hmm. to us at a reading or a book signing. And um, the reality is, you know, there's no idea factory. Most of the time we have some little kernel and we glom additional material onto that kernel in order to uh, make it turn into something that could potentially be a story. And um, I find, at least in my case, that the story tends to show up as a initial kernel of either a world kernel, a character kernel, or a plot kernel. And this has happened to me with each of my different projects. Um, they've, they've come to me as different kernels. And um, in the Greenbone Saga, for example, that came as a world kernel first. So the, the world, the, I, the premise of the world was what first um, arrived, and then I had to do the work of developing plot and characters. So if your world comes to you first... Uh, I think the thing to ask yourself is um, what attracts you to this world and what inherent conflicts are there that are present in that world. And that will lead you then to what kind of potential plot might unfold as a result of the conflicts. It might lead you to what types of characters 
will enable the reader to experience that world and to experience those conflicts. Um, but if you have, let's say, a character kernel come to you first, um, then you can ask yourself, well, what is the character's journey? And what is it that you can do with your world building that makes that journey more compelling and difficult? And then finally, if you have a plot kernel come to you first, um, and maybe a twist or a, a cool uh, climax idea, then um, you can backfill it with, okay, now you're going to go do your world building. What kind of external worldly pressures are going to make the stakes of that plot extremely compelling and gripping? Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I am excited to talk about all three of these and dig into some examples. Let's do a book of the week first, which is actually me. Uh, I'm going to talk this week about a book called She Who Rides the Storm by Caitlin Sangster. This came out just a couple of weeks ago, and it is an epic fantasy heist novel with some really just incredible world building. One of the main characters uh, has this incredible magical sense of smell. And so not only is it written with this really wonderful sense of, of sensory detail, but the smells that she is including in her fantasy world are all incredibly compelling. And it has uh, kind of driven her to create all kinds of interesting foods and medicines. She's an herbalist, things like this that come together through the sense of smell to give a really fascinating sense of place to the world that she is telling the story in. Uh, so that is She Who Rides the Storm by Caitlin Sangster. Cool. Well, there's a there's a thing that Fonda was talking about right before we took the break that uh, that made me think of a thing, um, which is when we're, we're talking about the world, that I also find that the world is, uh, is another three-legged stool, that it's made up of um, environment, culture, and technology. And that each of those pieces influence the others. And one of the things that I, I want you to be thinking about as we're going through this whole thing is that um, just as, you know, the the culture is influenced by the uh, the environment. You know, if, if you're in a, a very warm place, that's going to affect the kinds of clothing that someone wears. And the technology that you have will affect that as well. Because if you're in a warm place with air conditioning, you're going to have a completely different reaction than if you were in a warm place without air conditioning. So, so there's this kind of cyclical uh, interconnectedness. And when we're looking at all of these things, again, through the whole masterclass, um, one of the places that people come apart with their world building is that they don't think about the way things are interconnected. So they don't think about how the technology affects the character and that then affects the plot, or they don't think about the way the plot affects the technology. Like they don't think about the way these that there's a web. Um, the thing about a three-legged stool is you can't take any of those legs away without the whole stool falling over. Yeah, there's the classic example that we used in one of the very first episodes of Writing Excuses, which is the the uh, continual light spell in the Dungeons and Dragons setting, which if it's been around for a generation or more, candle making is dead because I don't care how much those things cost. Now they're continual. You've, you've upset an entire economy. And so contemplating the implications of that cool stuff that attracts you to the world is key to making that world feel believable because at some point we walk through these worlds that that people create and something rings wrong and we realize it's because, oh, wait, if A, 
then definitely not B. And we're spending all this time on B. We'd have skipped straight ahead to M. Right. I mean, there's so many um, choices that you make in world building. And ideally, you want all of those choices to continue to reinforce your, uh, your characters' challenges and their choices and enable the story that you want to tell and make your plot more compelling. You don't want your world building to undermine your, your story. And I think we'll, we'll talk a lot over the course of this masterclass about how do you make choices that help your story as opposed to just act as a backdrop for the story. I really love this uh, idea that you gave us about the kernels, world first, character first, and plot first. And I'd love to dig into those a little bit and get uh, an example. I kind of want to ask about the Greenbone Saga. You mentioned that idea came to you as world first. Can you give us very quickly kind of a sense of how you developed that? Uh, How starting with the world informed the way that you came up with the plot and the characters? Yeah, so my initial kernel for the Greenbone Saga was... um, Jade City. That was, those were the two words. It's the title of the first book. And that's what came to me first. And the, the premise of it was almost an aesthetic one. I wanted to create a world that, um, had these, the, the um, awesome Kung Fu magic powers that I saw in my favorite films, you know, people being able to like leap off buildings and punch through walls and ground that in, um, in a, in a story where that made sense. And there was a magic resource that explained that um, and belt and then mashed it with my favorite crime drama um, aesthetics. So that was the premise of the world. And in order, and then where I built off from that was saying, okay, well, um, what kind uh, of um, world is going to most fulfill this vision? And, um, that allowed me to decide where to set it in, t- in terms of time, because, um, you know, the default with a lot of fantasy stories is to set it in like a medieval period. But I had a really clear aesthetic in my mind and like, what is a gangster family drama unless it's got the luxury cars and, you know, the submachine guns and the dark alleys and, you know, the the um, uh, the the uh, the men in suits smoking in rooms. So that. led me to the decision to set an epic fantasy story in a more modern latter half of the 20th century time period. And because I knew from the start that I wanted to evoke a family saga like uh, like The Godfather, that made me make a decision around characters. They have to be, I had a multiple POV story with a cast of characters and each of them has a different role in the family. And then that led me to a lot of plot decisions around how the characters would interact. So it's sort of a cascading effect in which you, you come up, you have a kernel, and then you make a number of choices in your world building that help you tell the story that, uh, that you want to tell. I find it's really useful to prioritize the, the things that you loved early on, you know, the decisions that you're making, because I inevitably in my world building, in my storytelling, will arrive at a point where where I, I can see very clearly, oh, this is the thing that I absolutely need to be exploring, but in order to do this, I have to knock down that very first piece of foundation I, bit, I built because those don't work. 
And because I'm working in, uh, you know, comics or in prose, that's not terribly expensive. If I were working in cinema and had already built a movie set, then that would be a terrible decision to have to make. But I don't, so that's not the way it rolls. <laughs> um, we are letting, letting this episode run slightly long because we wanted to introduce the whole masterclass. Let me give a really quick example of a plot-first story kernel uh, with my zero-G middle-grade books on Audible. Uh, the whole impetus behind that story was Home Alone in Space, the idea that there is a kid on a colony ship who has to defend it from pirates because everyone else is asleep. Uh, in order to tell that story properly, starting purely with the plot, that created or forced a lot of world-building decisions such that I didn't want it if he has to defend the ship by himself, then the cryotechnology that keeps everyone asleep can't be something that he can just undo. He can't wake people up and put them back to sleep again. Uh, forced a lot of the technological details because I needed a story in which a 12-year-old boy had to solve all of the problems by himself. Um, does anybody very quickly have an example of a character first? Yeah, I do. Um, Ghost Talkers started with the character of Ginger Stuyvesant. And all I really knew about her, the, the sense that I had was that she was this glamorous heiress and that she was a medium. And that was that was kind of all I knew um, and that I, I wanted there to be some some banter and uh, and and that there was a noir feel uh, kind of a, a and. And then I had to figure out sort of where she lived and uh, and figure out what the world was that that she inhabited that allowed her to be a medium who solved crime, which and and I knew that, you know, and that also then gave me the plot. It's like, oh, she's solving she's solving mysteries. That's what she's doing with this thing. And and it but it it definitely started. I, I had a very clear image of Ginger. Uh, and then I had to figure everything else out around her. Yeah, what I love about all these examples is that it shows that wherever your story starts, you are taking that kernel and you're building your world around it as opposed to uh, just sort of putting it up against a, a, a backdrop. Um, you're trying to find ways to tie the world into all the elements of character and all the elements of plot. Awesome. Well, this has been a fantastic episode. We're going to end with some homework. Fonda, what would you like our listeners to do? I would like you to pick a favorite book with world building that you admire and see if you can identify in what way the world building supports the character journeys that happen in that story, supports the plot, and also supports the themes. Cool. Well, there you go. This is Writing Excuses. You are out of excuses. Now go write. This episode of Writing Excuses was engineered by Marshall Carr Jr. and mastered by Alex Jackson. Your hosts were Dan Wells, Fonda Lee, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. To learn more about Writing Excuses, visit patreon.com forward slash writing excuses. 
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.